0: This morning we're going to look at, for just a few minutes, we're going to look at something about not giving up. We're going to look at this title this morning, Don't Give Up on Prayer. Don't give up. Don't give up. And we're looking at Luke chapter 18, and we're looking at the first eight verses. This is a parable the Lord gave, and we're just looking at those eight verses. And But there's some good stuff there. And uh, the Lord is encouraging us, and we're going to see in verse 1 why He's encouraging us to do. And so this morning, if you've got that scripture in your Bible, stand or you can see it on the screen with us as we read the Word of God, as we look at Don't Give Up on Prayer. Verse 1 says, And He spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Don't give up on Prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and God, we pray that God, you would encourage us. Lord, as you are encouraging our disciples, Lord, you encourage us today that, Lord, the most important thing that when we're going through it, God, when we don't know what the outcome, Lord, no matter what we're facing, the most important thing that you find, Lord, is your people praying, your people seeking your face, your people calling on your name. Then, God, you'll do mighty things, Lord. If we don't give up, you won't either, Lord. You've already got the answer and lord you're looking for those who put their complete trust in you so that you can show yourself mighty on their behalf god i pray you encourage us this morning i pray you encourage us this morning to hang on with both hands with all of our might and strength that god we press in in prayer like we've never prayed before because you're coming soon and lord you're going to do miraculous things on our behalf if we just trust in you and lord we know that you're speaking today Move in the service and have your way in the altar, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Amen, amen." amen. Don't give up on prayer, amen. You can be seated this morning. Uh, uh, this 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 verse is here this morning. Is just a short, a little uh, section, a little parable. Jesus was good at this, and it's such a it's such an effective technique because they've shown when you tell someone a story and you. Give them a a parable or you give them an example uh, of what you're talking about. It causes neurons on both sides of your brain to fire and you remember it better. So Jesus would take things that these people, their lives their daily lives would consist of, they'd understand, and he would take it and he would cause them and give them a story that would cause emotion to be arisen. And then he would give them a principle to live by and it would cause them to remember and it would cause it to be locked into their mind. It's kind of like when he sent the... Uh, the prophet to David and said to David, let me tell you about this man who stole a person's prize sheep. Well, this was a shepherd. And so we know that he got his attention. Now, wait a minute. And so when David got to the end and he was like, you mean he took the pet lamb and he offered it and give it to his, some rich man, gave it to somebody else instead of getting his own flock?' He said, that man's going to pay. He's going to die. That man's going to die. Just point him out. You're the man. All of a sudden. Wow, what, what an impact it had because it causes this. And so Jesus was using the same technique to get a point across a point now. Let me give you a little secret. When, a, when you, if you become a minister of the gospel, one of the things you're supposed to do, this is what the key should be when you're create, coming up with a message. Number one thing is, you need to know what the word of God actually is saying that you're preaching. You got to understand what it was saying to the original people and then you have to try to apply it today. So that's usually the first thing that I end up having to go through is when I got a section of scripture is that I'm trying to figure, okay, God, what was you saying here? What was the key thing that you're trying to get across because that's what our message should be. So this, what I love about this passage Luke does for us, he tells us in verse 1 exactly that. You don't have to guess. You don't have to try to figure out. You don't have to try to get the key element here because it says right here in verse 1, it says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end. He said, this is why Jesus told this parable. And here's why. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, what he's saying here is he's telling that Jesus is trying to get across to these disciples, which today is more paramount than ever before. That prayer is the key. He's saying to them, not just that 24 hours a day, he's not saying you all always, every second of the day, he's saying that in every season of your life, everything you face, every single day, your life should be full of prayer. Uh, your, when you are going through the first thing in the morning God this day is yours I'm tithing the day to you Lord I'm giving it to you and God you know what's going on and you go before me and God I surrender everything to you you run into an obstacle that day Lord you throw up that little quick prayer Lord help me through this God give me wisdom God, whatever. and God goes so every, all through the day when God does something good God thank you thank you for what you've done you, you, took, you, you kept me from getting hit in a car you just whatever it is you thank him and so your day your life is continually uh, uh, totally surrounded by prayer it's so important and not to faint it's saying don't be discouraged don't give up you know what the enemy does the enemy wants you to think if you pray once and god doesn't answer it just well god ain't gonna do it if god god's a powerful god we say he can do anything there's nothing too great for god so if god doesn't answer the first time you pray god must not gonna be gonna answer right but that's not the case because this is what the Lord, this parable, if you look in your Bible, this is the Lord speaking. This is Him speaking. He's telling you who's who's listening to your prayer? The Lord. And so we see that He's the one listening. And so He's telling us, hey, when you pray, here's how to pray. And He's saying to us right here, He said, Don't give up. Don't let yourself get discouraged with what you're going on. Let me tell you something. There has never been a time in my lifetime that I've seen more people discouraged than they are right now because of what they're going through. I mean, every part of our lives is being impacted. Uh, all of our security, all of our uh, future, everything is in uproar because we don't know how things are going to turn out. We see that there's an attack on every side. The political scene is total chaos. Our entire country is in an uproar. It's You even wonder, how is this even going to turn out? How, where is America a few years from now? If God doesn't intervene, where is America going to end up and it's a scary thing and so this is a time that we need to see how important it is and so we see here that he's encouraging us to prayer so this morning we're going to look at five things why it's so important that you press in with prayer if you are not a praying person now is the time now is the time to learn how important prayer one of the greatest things that you're going to find it, it, there's an attack that's going on in our nation and it didn't just start now listen things are moving really fast But the enemy has been putting these pieces together for this puzzle for a long time. He started out 20 or 30 years ago taking the Ten Commandments out of the schools. He he wanted to take the Word of God out of public view so that people wouldn't see it and they wouldn't be convicted by it. They wouldn't think that I need to live by that. When we see the Word of God, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, thou shalt not lie. And we see those things. I was going through in my, in my office at home this week. We was doing some stuff and rearranging it, and, and something my wife had, had dug out, I, I didn't, I'd found she had for her old Sunday school class, she had, I, I guess, a, a full 8 by 11 a picture of one of each of the commandments. And I was going through I got them all, all 10 of them. And I was just reading through those and was thinking about how these have been pretty much banned from public for years and years and years. And so we see that the enemy has been trying for a long time to move God out of plain sight. He wants to hide the church. He wants you to get weaker. He doesn't want people to know what God is trying. So that started a long time ago. And then we start seeing. And then several years ago there was an attack on the name of Jesus Christ. You you can say any God's name you want to. And there won't be any. They'll applaud you. You can say any other name you want to. And they'll accept you. They'll applaud you. They will embrace you. But you just say one name, Jesus Christ, and all of a sudden you were polarized to everybody else. There is such an attack on the name of Jesus Christ. They've yeah. been setting the, the puzzle, putting pieces together, and now we've gotten to the place that the perf, the timing has become perfect because of the circumstances that we're going through. That they're now trying to push away people from even being in the house of God. Now I understand we are really going through something, and this is really a, a, a real deal. And some of you have even experienced it, so you know it's not it's it's real. I've seen people really sick we know people that's even died but let me tell you something the enemy is using their everything you face almost you know this if that car about to hit you there is always there is always a physical side of things and then there's a lot of times a spiritual side of the same thing you can be going to someone comes up to you and does something to you in your face and, and is, cr- uh, is cruel to you comes up to you and does something that makes you angry let me tell you something yeah there's a physical side of that but there's also a spiritual side the enemy is trying to win a victory here And so in this time that we're living in, there is such a struggle that's going on for your uh, souls, for your strength, for your might. And so he is struggling right now so that he can weaken and weaken and weaken the church till it gets darker and darker and darker. Because when the light of the church gets darker, then darkness can come in. When the light is pushed back, darkness comes in. But when light is moved forward, darkness is pushed back. And so we have, the only thing that's kept the Antichrist from being uh, on the earth and being prevalent even as we speak, it's been the Spirit of God in the hearts and lives of His church. That's what's holding back darkness right now. And so right now we're under this attempt to uh, stop the move of God by let's not. And so it's such an important thing because if when we're not. And and so we know sometimes we can't. Sometimes we are going through these times and and we didn't even have service. You couldn't even been here. I mean, that that wasn't your fault. But let me tell you something. If you don't make an extra effort during these periods of time to stay close to God, to press in in prayer, to get stronger with God, the enemy, darkness will slowly come in. Darkness will come in. So we see here this this morning that this prayer is so important. And so he's encouraging us this morning with this little lady that has such a need. First thing we're going to look at is the pertinence in prayer. The pertinence. It's necessary. It's important. It should be a priority in our life. We see in verse 3, why was it such a priority? And there was a widow in that city. And she came unto him saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. The the scripture here doesn't give us what she was going through. It doesn't tell us exactly. But someone was no doubt taking advantage of her as a widow. Someone was either trying to take away her property. Someone was trying to maybe push her out of her home. Someone had taken advantage of her financially or something. And they were taking advantage and she had very little to stand on. And so she was looking to this judge to give her help. Now, if you looked at the way the judicial system worked at that time, this was they were more like circuit judges. There wasn't a courtroom on the corner and you went to it at this time and you had a judge that that was his post to stay. No, these judges would move from from... from town to town, and they would stay there for so many days. And then the people, when they heard they were there, they would come to them, and they would present their cases. Now, we see that she brought her need to this judge, but Scripture is quickly to tell us this was an unjust judge. This was an ungodly judge. Do we have a few of those today? Do we not have a lot of those today? The people that are trying to put their own twist, their own uh, uh, desires on their judgments instead of trying to fulfill the law of God, the Constitution of the United States. We see that that is very prevalent even in the day that we live in. So we need to realize that she had an important thing that if something didn't happen, she was going to be lost. If something didn't happen, it was too important for her. She was not going to let go. There was a pertinence. Now listen, we are living in a time today that it is more pertinent for us to be children of prayer than any other time. You can't wait for somebody else to do it. Your family is too much at risk for you not to be a person of prayer. You've got too much to lose not to be someone who, like this lady, says, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to press in. Why? Because the cost is too great if I don't. There's too much on the line. There's too much going. If you look at the news every day, it amazes me. It amazes me even in my own life. I look at it and say, why am I not more tore up than I am? Look at what's going on. Look how fast it's moving. Now, the wrong attitude is this, to hate people. It's easy for you to look and blame people. It's easy for us to look and say, the opposing side's doing this, and therefore, ah, I'm mad. That's not what God wants us to do. That's not what, this woman didn't come with a rampage and throw her fist in the judge's face. She didn't do that. She didn't come and try to start a riot. She didn't come and try to throw rocks. She didn't come and try to raise a ruckus and get people stirred up to back her. No, she just came and kept pressing in. She kept saying, you got to hear my need. Now, the problem was with the way this judicial system was that there would be all these people with all these needs and they would come and quickly the docket would get filled up and he wasn't going to see the morning he had to see. doesn't tell this, this is just history, church history. And so they would see so many people and then the ones they didn't want to see, they didn't have to see them. And so many times it got down to money. If you had a little money on the side, his assistant could maybe get you on the docket. But this woman had no ability in herself. And so the the Lord knows what he's doing. He's showing us someone that we can relate to. He's showing us to someone. Have you ever felt that way? You felt like my need is great, but I don't think nobody even cares. There's nothing I can do in myself. I have no strength in myself. And if God doesn't help me, I'm in trouble. That's exactly what's going on here. We see that she realized and she pressed in. Why? Because that there was a pertinence, there was a necessity in prayer. The second thing we're going to look at, why is it so important that you press in prayer? Not is it only pertinent, there's power in prayer. There is power in prayer. When you don't pray, you're losing out on something that God could do. And it says, and he spake a parable. The verse 1 tells us about the power. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men always ought to pray and not to faint. Why? Hang in there and you're going to receive the victory. Hang in there. Don't get weak. You're going to receive strength if you hang in there. There is power. This woman had three things going against her. And this is the way our lives is many times. She had three things in this culture that she's living she had three things going. number one, she was a woman and in that, his, in that world time in that, in that culture, she being just a woman, in fact they would you know they wouldn't even allow a woman's testimony to stand up in court. it wasn't even taken serious. It was like it was second rate if she was so she was a woman and so she was because she came to him on her own and, and she didn't have a husband to stand for her and so he just dismissed her. That's the way, hey, listen, that's the way we sometimes are. We come and we feel like we're behind it. And I've been in those circumstances, and maybe you have. You realize that nobody can change it but God. There's no one that really cares. No one cares about the situation you're going through like you. No one sees how much is at stake other than you, but God is on the throne and God can move. And so she had that going against her. You know what else? She was a widow. She was a widow. She had no husband. She had no strength. And she was, and, and I the Lord picks. If you think of a, you're thinking of a little old lady, a little fine little old lady who has no one to support her. She's on her own and that's what he's doing. He wants you to realize she is in her mind, in your mind. You see weakness, you see uh, uh, someone who's frail, you see someone who needs help. And so she had that going against her. He wasn't afraid of her he wasn't worried about it. in fact we see that he's an unjust judge it says that he didn't he hadn't have any fear for god he didn't have any regard for man he didn't worry about anybody else he was looking out for number 1 he was looking out for himself how much money are you going to give me to see your need through how much money and so we see that he was an ungodly man and so we see that she had she was a woman she was a widow and that she also I've just said she was weak she she is the picture of epitome of in your mind of weakness and so we see that these things were stacked against her but that's not, and so God is saying, "Go! why is God giving these? Why is God using this person? He's wanting you to see, I don't care who you are. I don't care how weak you are. I don't care what's going on in your life. I'm going to come through for you. You can put your confidence in me. Don't give up on prayer because if I can do it for her, I'll do it for you. And so we see this ungodly judge only cared for himself. She wasn't important to him, and she had nothing that could benefit him. She had nothing to give him. She was poor she had nothing to entice him you know what let me tell you something about the power of prayer if there is one thing if there is one thing that satan is fearful of it's praying people it's these little ladies who sit there and and i mean men too but listen i'm telling you what when when you want prayer i can tell you throughout my life in the past there's been a whole lot of little ladies that if i had a real need that's who i'm going for that's who I'm going to ask God to pray for me because they, they get in a circumstance and they become women of prayer and, and they become the person that you can come to and you know that they know how to get a hold of God, right? And let me tell you something, they may be frail in the physical body, but in that spiritual, they've learned how to get a hold of God. And Satan quakes at some of these little ladies because when they pray, heaven shakes. Because they've learned the secret. Prayer has got nothing to do with physical strength. Prayer has got to do with that relationship that you have with the Father. And you've learned to get into that presence and get right into that throne room. And you see yourself right before the feet of God. And you worship Him because of all He's done. And His glory surrounds you. And then you press in with prayer. And then you see God move. That strengthens you. Tomorrow I'm even stronger than the day before. So they may be weak in the flesh, but man, they're mighty and valiant in spirit. And so that's something that's fearful. The the Hebrides Island revival, and this is not just one, you can find trace almost every revival back to prayer. You can trace it back to people calling on God. That Hebrides Island where God moved and God just did the miraculous. I've told you about it before. But it started with two little women praying. Two little women that were feeble. One was blind. And maybe both was blind, but they were sitting there and they couldn't do anything else. They sat there in in their house and they, they had a burden for the young people. And they started praying for God. God, you got to sin revival. We know that these young people are on the wrong path. And God, you've got to move. And they started praying. And they started seeking God. They started uh, fasting. And they started calling. And then they, they felt like God told them to tell the preacher. That to the, and, and they got them involved. And they started having their own little prayer meeting. The preacher and some of the, the men of the church started praying in a barn. And all of a sudden, God fell. And from that, it kept growing and growing until God saved thousands and thousands of people. It started with two little ladies. Two little ladies. Heaven is impacted by the prayers of his saints. And so we see there is a pertinence, there is a necessity of prayer in this day. There is also a power in prayer. We're going to look at the persistence in prayer. You've got to be persistent. If you're waiting until you face that problem, if you think that prayer is something that you keep bottled up and it's like holy water and whenever you need it, you just take the cap off and you throw out a little bit and the devil's going to run, you're wrong. You're wrong. That's not the way prayer works. Prayer is something that on a daily basis you press in persistently before God and you say, God, I'm coming back today. Why? Because you're a good God. You were faithful to me yesterday and I realize you're the answer. God, I put my full confidence in you. Why does people not pray? Because they trust in themselves. Why do we not pray with the condition that our nation's in today? Because we think somehow we're going to pull it out ourselves. No, that's not going to be the case. It's going to take a mighty move of God if this land is ever going to see success, if this land is ever going to turn back, if we're ever going to see peace, if we're ever going to see victory, it's going to come through God's people again praying. And the enemy is trying to keep us from it. He's doing everything he can. He's trying to keep people pushed away. He's trying to keep them weak and to themselves. He's trying to keep them to where they don't feel the strength of God anymore. And they get weaker and weaker. So that darkness can come flooding in. But let me tell you something. We've got to get persistent in prayer. And we've got to realize that when we press in persistently every day, beating on that door, every day pushing him back, there is an effect that happens when we are persistent. In prayer. Verse 4 says, Here's why we need to be persistent because the enemy's not going to give up easily. The enemy does not give up easily. Verse 4 starts out like this And he would not for a while. This judge says, I'm not listening. This judge says, I'm not listening to this. I don't. And you know what he thought? I'm only going to be here for a few days. I'm only going to be here a few days. All I got to do is keep pushing her out. She keeps coming. Every time he looks up, there she is standing there waiting on him. Everybody's on the court dock in front of him. He's let in. She ain't going home. She's standing at the edge of that tent and saying, I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. I'm going to wait. You're going to see me before you're done. And every day he comes back. The first person when he gets there, that little lady standing there again. She is saying, you're going to talk to me. You're going to help me. I've been treated wrong, and you're the one that's going to help me. And it says he gets weak. He said, I wasn't going to do it. But every day, he's like, oh, I dread going in. I know who's going to be there. I know who the first person. I know who the last person is. I know that little lady's going to be there. She can't do a thing for me. But he finally got to the point where that persistence caused there to be a payoff. And we see that there is a persistence does have an impact. You know what persistence does? Persistence comes with strength. It gives you strength. Isaiah 40 tells us about that. It says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We get strength when we... Uh, uh, when we are persistently come to God every day, you get up in the morning if you're like me, you get up in the morning and you realize really quickly, not only do you realize you need to shave or take a shower not only do you realize you need your cup of coffee but you realize a sense of necessity to get in the presence of God because you know you you need it, I need I need strength, I don't feel what I felt last night I need more strength from God and so that morning you get up and scripture here says they that wait, those that patiently come before God every single day, they renew their strength. Before you go to bed, if you're like me, I've got devices. I'm telling you, it's it's a miracle my house ain't burned down. I've got so many <laughs> devices. I've got a, iPads and I've got phones and my watch and a computer and I've got stuff all around my bed on both sides charging because the next morning when I get up, I want them to say 100% ready to go. But there's been times I forgot to plug them up. I forgot to plug them up. Now, many of you all do. I used to get so tore up with my daughter. I mean, she is a tech-savvy person, too. And I had the awfulest trouble with her. She wouldn't charge her devices. She'd go to bed, and she passed out with her phone. And then the next morning, it was at 18% or 8% or whatever. I'd try to call her later, and her phone was dead. Why? She forgot to charge it. Isn't that the way we sometimes are in our spiritual life? We get up in the morning and we feel like, well, I can just, I ain't got time for this. I've got to get out there and get on this and and I'll put God later in the day and we find out where our strength is zapped. We find out we have no strength. Why? We didn't wait on the Lord that morning. We didn't wait. What happens when we wait on the Lord? Renews our strength. 100%. We are topped off and ready to go. Ready to handle what's coming forward. Why? Because we talk, we got a hold of God and His strength. is when it pers- He persistently helps us with strength. You know what else persistence does? It gives you hope. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant, continual in prayer. Amen. Romans, it comes with a hope. There is something that happens when you are persistently in the presence of God. You come and you felt you needed strength. You come and you realize you've got a lot of things going on today. You realize you're insufficient for the task. But as you press in in prayer and you worship God because who He is and you start thinking about, my goodness, what am I afraid of? I'm looking at this little problem and I'm looking at a big God. And the more I look at God, the smaller the problem becomes. Amen. And then all of a sudden, you realize, why am I tore up about it? Look who I serve. He's over that. He's over me. He's over that. And all of a sudden, what happens? Hope rises up within our strength and our soul. Hope is the answer. Hope helps us. And so we realize we need to be persistent. Don't give up. If you haven't got a prayer life, or regular prayer life, we need it. We need it to every day. I I'm so I get encouraged with you all that are helping us with our prayer app and praying over needs and, and it's encouraging for all of us. But let me tell you something. It needs to be an, a powerful, effective prayer. I'm not talking about the three minute lay me down to sleep. You're reading off a list and there's nothing happening. But when we press in with God in our prayer life to where tears are flowing and God's presence comes down and He touches your soul and you're flowing over and you feel excitement in your soul. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we press in persistently in prayer till we touch God. That's the way God wants to be. God, does, God this, listen there's times when you don't have strength because of what you're going through you can't get, you can almost just barely eke out of prayer. That's why it's too late to wait till then. But there is a point we need to have a daily time with God to where our strength is fully renewed and we have full of confidence that whatever we face I've done talk to God and so whatever I face he's put there and he's not only put it there he's going to carry me through it. There's victory on the other side of that thing. No matter what it is, there's victory on the other side. Why? Because we were persistent in prayer. So we see here this morning that there is a pertinence, a necessity of prayer. There is power when we pray that you don't receive any other way. There is a a persistence that we see that the more that we're consistent coming to God, that He'll move and then there is the prevailing in prayer. There is victory that comes to those who trust God and seek Him. It says in verse 4 and 5, But afterward he said within himself, this is that evil judge, he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this woman, this little widow's troubling me, she's wearing me down. I can't take it anymore. I will avenge. It says I will give her justice. I will give her the justice that she deserves, not because I'm fearful of her, not because of who she is, not because of it, because I'm tr- worried about God. It's, she's wearing me out. She just keeps coming. I can't, I'm getting tired of seeing her standing there. And it says that he met her need. Lest her continual coming she weary me. One description. I looked some different dictionaries on that original meaning of she weary me. And that word, one of them, I got such a kick out of one of them it says, she give me a black eye. One of them said, because she's basically, she's beating me down. She is thumping me to where I just can't take it. I surrender. I give up. You win. Why? Because she was persistent. And because she was persistent, she prevailed. She received what she, not not something that wasn't justly hers. It was hers from the beginning. It was rightly hers from the beginning. And it was only through that persistence was she able to see the victory of what was already supposed to be hers. Let me tell you something about that. There is things, there is victories in your life that if you're not persistent, if you don't press in, you already have the victory. It's already yours. You already own it. But it's the people who press in in prayer and say, I'm not giving up until I see that victory. They're the ones that's going to receive it. Your name's already written on it. That title already had her name on it. But it was up to her to press in until she received it. There's things that God wants to do in your life that will only be realized. When you say, God, you're the one I trust. I can't fix it. Every day I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you every day. Now, is God saying, no, you just got to keep twisting my arm? That's not what he's trying to say here. He's saying, don't give up. God's timing is perfect in every situation. One of the things sometimes that God lets us go through things and ask Him more than once is this to learn that we need to trust in Him and Him alone. And we ask Him once and He doesn't move. We don't need to get in the habit of saying, well then God, i got to do it myself. That's where we get in trouble. God says, no. I want to see do you trust me? Do you trust me on day one when He's dead? Do you trust me day two when He's dead? Do you trust me day three when He's dead? Well Lord, He stinketh now. Day four, He's dead. Lord, it's too impossible. Yeah, He'll raise again later. You're going to, when you come back, He's going to raise. No, do you think He can be raised today? And He says, come forth and all of a sudden the miraculous happens. It was perfect. It was it was exactly what they needed. That miracle was already done. Before he even died, Jesus already knew what he would do. That miracle was already going to happen. But they just had to keep trusting him. They had to keep waiting on him. So don't let yourself lose the victory. Don't lose the prevailing because you give up. Because Jesus is going to ask us a question here in just a minute. That's going to ask you today on how you're dealing with the situations you're going through. So the last point this morning is there is a pertinence, a necessity in prayer. There is power in prayer. There is a persistence in prayer. There is prevailing in prayer. And then there is a promise that He gives us in prayer. There's promises that God gives you. Listen, there's, there's so many promises in the Word of God that you can take them to the bank. Com- promises are like contracts. If you got a contract and it's signed on the bottom, you can take it to any court, you can take it with any lawyer, and you can lay it down. And if that signature is valid, whatever it says in those papers, that is legally yours. That is our contract that is binding by law. It's yours. And so there is promises in the Word of God that has already been signed by the precious name of Jesus Christ. It's yours to declare them. It's yours to present them. It's yours to stand on that promise and say, Lord, I believe you. I don't care what the seasons show. I don't care what the circumstances says. I don't care what any or the devil says to me. I don't care what anybody else says to me. I stand on that promise. I believe you. I trust in you. My name is there. You've already signed my name and you've done said it's mine by your blood. You've already signed it. It's mine. So we see there's promises. Where's those promises? And so here is where we're trying to get to. So the Lord is, gives us these, these few verses of this parable. This little lady, she had no power. And God delivered her because of her persistence, because of her power that she, that she just trusted. And she kept pushing and pushing. And finally the victory come from an unjust judge. Someone who didn't care for her, Someone who wouldn't give her. Someone who didn't have any uh, regard to God or man. And that judge met her need. And so it says here in verse, I think, I mean, I don't think I've got it here. But in verse 6 says, And the Lord saith, hear what the unjust judge saith. He's underlined. He's saying, wait a minute. Before I make this last statement that I'm getting ready to make to you, you need to first of all realize this unjust judge gave her what she wanted. And he was an ungodly person. He didn't care about her. And then he goes on. That gives more impact in verse 7. And shall not God, your heavenly loving Father who is just, I, that's not in there. I'm putting it in there for you. That's what it's saying. Is your heavenly father is not like what she went through? And it says, "And shall not God avenge His own elect?" It's talking here about the person that He loves, the person whose name He's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. This is His child, and He's saying, "If this unjust judge will meet that need, if He'll come through when you pray, when she come and persistently came before Him." Would not your loving Father, who loves you more than life itself, who sent His Son to die for you, is He not going to give you justice? Is He not going to meet your need when you come to Him? And it says, though He bear long with them. Verse 8 says, I tell you that He will avenge them speedily. He'll do it speedily. So we see here that He promises protection. He promises to give you the need that you have. He promises He's going to come through from you. You can trust Him. You can trust him. You don't have to come and quiver and worry. Oh, is he going to hear me? No, he gladly receives you. He promises you protection. Will not God protect his own beloved children? Would you protect yours? If your kid come to you at 3 o'clock in the morning, or if your child called you at 3 and they go, my daughter, you know, I, my son's been gone for a while. My daughter, just in the last six weeks, has moved out. I'm sitting there, an empty nest syndrome finally going on, but it's about it about killed me. But she's got her own apartment, and so, but she's coming over quite a bit. Thank God, Lord help me. And uh, he's trying to get me ready for that, I guess. But but here's the thing: if she were to call me at three o'clock in the morning, and said Dad, there's something outside. Well, would I say, honey, it's three o'clock in the morning. Call me back at eight. No, all of a sudden she'd hear the receiver drop. <laughs> Where'd dad go? And the next thing you'd hear, (laughs) open the door, (laughs) open the door, let me in. What's going on? I'm right here. I come running. Why? Because that's my child. That's my child. And so we see that God promises us that he will be available. He will avenge. He will give us the help that we need when we cry. It says, which cry unto him day and night. He promises also to, what is he saying there? He said, hey, he's hearing you no matter when it is. And when you keep bringing those needs to him, he's not only hearing, but he's got the answer. And he's going to do it perfectly. And it says that though he bears long with them. You know what that's talking about? He has patience with you. Thank God he's patient with you. I'm telling you, when our kids are growing up, and I know I was probably the same way. Your kids do the same thing a million and a half times they'll ask the same question 490 times they will you will tell them to (laughs) clean their room in 5,025 times until they move out they don't do it I mean you just you have to be patient Why? why are you patient with them you love them you love them you you see something in them hey they, they you see something good in them nobody else maybe can see it but you see something good in them And you just have such hope in them. And why? He promises not only protect, but he promises you patience. He also promises you privilege. We're his children. We're his kids. And that comes with benefits. Benefits. Mike, we we have to watch now. That we got the empty nest thing. We have an electronic lock on one of our doors, and the kids have access, and you know, fingerprints or different things. So we come, and so we have to watch. You get a little more careless when do you all know. Some of y'all have been doing this for a long time. You get a little careless inside the house when nobody else is there, right? You you may run around with not as prepared as you probably would if somebody else was there and so we got to watch because I remember the other day it was we was in a certain room and doing something and all of a sudden I looked up my son standing there scared me to death why did he come in he had access <laughs> he had access he could come in anytime he wants if he wants to walk over the fridge and get something out he can do it if he wants something out of the basement a tool he's got access to it he gets sometimes he might have too much access I was reading, I I know we've talked about that desk, that access that John John had, but I I seen something else this week I hadn't seen before. Uh, There was this uh, photographer that was getting ready to, back in film days, getting ready to snap a shot of when uh, Supreme Court Justice Anton, uh, Anton Scalia was in his big office there as a Supreme Court Justice and was getting ready to take an official photo of him. And he's got this big elaborate Uh, in this picture got a big elaborate uh, desk and beautiful stuff around it and he's sitting behind that desk and he's sitting there poised to take this uh, real you know serious uh, powerful looking photo and about the time the photographer is getting ready to push the button one of his grandkids comes busting in (laughs) comes busting into the room just you know blurts out papa or something and is running toward him and just as he clicks the, the 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 face of this justice who was preparing for this picture is captured. He's looking at his grandson and the smile is from ear to ear. He he's being distracted, he's being interrupted. This was an important thing that was going on, but because of who he was, he can come in anytime he wants and he can disrupt anything he wants. Why? Because there's that relationship, there's that access, there's that privilege that they have because we're his children. And the Lord says, 24 hours a day, you're never going to find me too busy that you can't come into my presence. I'm going to give you privilege because you're my child. Will I not meet your needs? Because you're the one who makes me smile. You're the one who brings joy to my heart. And when you come running into me saying, Papa, a smile comes over his face because he's going to meet your need because you're trusting in him. You're important to him. You're, he's the, you're the one that he's running to or you're running to. So we see that he's promised that. And God's promised that perfect timing too. When he does it, it's perfect. Every time. Sometimes we, we sure desperately struggle with that one. But he does it. It says in verse 8 also says, I, will, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. When God gets ready to move, when God does the work, he does it perfectly. He does it on time and he does it quickly. He does it quickly. He doesn't mess around. Whatever you're going through, you need to learn. You can trust him because what prayer, folks, is pertinent. It's so necessary, uh, such a necessity in the time we live. There's such power. Let me tell you something. The enemy right there, that one thing, wants you to believe your prayer is powerless. Your prayer is not like this person. Your prayer is not like that little lady he was talking about. But you don't know my prayer. My prayer is pretty weak. The enemy wants you to think that because he doesn't want you to realize there is a power that you've got if you get pressing in in prayer that God will give you mighty power. He'll give you great victory. Whatever. There's some things yesterday that I'm telling you what, I sit in here in prayer and I bound some things. There's some things in my, in my life that there's a couple of needs that in my life that I keep praying and I keep praying and I keep praying. Some things look pretty tough. Some things looks impossible. And I sit there and I mean it got serious in here. And I was like, I mean, I felt the Lord just move, do some things. And I said, Lord, and I told the devil, This, <laughs> you ain't got no ground. This ain't. You listen, let me tell you something. You're done. God, you're great and mighty, and trusted. I trusted. I was living this, and I'm telling you, I haven't even seen the. I haven't seen the answer. I felt it, but I'm telling you, let me tell you something. You can press in and power. God, the enemy's fearful that you're going to do that. He's fearful that the church is going to wake up. He's fearful that this this, this plague that's going on, instead of pushing us back, that God's people start praying and seeking God's face. And you're going to see some things move in America. You're going to see some revivals in America. It's not going to be all hate. It's going to be revival and love. And these people that we see that we disagree with, if we can say, God, give me compassion for those. Let me see them with your eyes and let me pray for them. he will do it. And we need to be persistent in prayer. Don't let anything stop you from praying. Don't you dare. Why does He give this, this entire section? Don't give up. Don't lay down. Don't get weak. Get stronger every single day. Because there's prevailing. There is winning. There is victory that comes from those that trust God and put them. And then He's promised you things. He's promised those that trust Him and put Him first. He will give you victory. He's promised you. And so He ends it. We're going to end it the same way this morning. And so this is the Lord himself. This is the one who is coming back. This is the one who is going to say, the father's going to say, son, go get your bride. And he's going to stand. He's going to be on the eastern sky, come out from the eastern sky. And we see that the trumpet will blow. And then those who are ready will be caught up in the air. We're going to see. And he's asking this question. Nevertheless, when the son of man, when I come, what am I going to find? Shall he find faith on the earth? Will I hear my people pray? Is my people not given up or have they laid down? That's the question for the hour. Are we going to give up? Are we going to let darkness prevail? Are we going to let those needs that we've been pressing in just keep hanging out there, not seeing the answer? Are we going to get serious with God to where tears are flowing, to where the, the the Spirit just breaks and people are crying out to God and saying, it's more important than my food. It's more important than my flesh. It's more important than my desires. It's more important than anything else. God, you've got to move. And we're binding together. And when that happens... We're going to see the victory. We're going to see the Lord's going to come back and He's looking for the people who says, I will never give up. I've never given up. I'm still calling on you every single day. And I'm going to receive the victory because, let me tell you, prayer is so important. Make it number one. Don't give up. If you put that title slide back up. Don't give up on prayer. That's the key. Don't give up. Don't care what happens to you. Don't give up. I don't care how fearful you are. Don't give up. I don't care what the doctor tells you. Don't give up. I don't care how bad that family member is. Don't give up. I don't care what you see on the news. Don't give up. It should cause us to pray even more and with more intensity because we serve a God who has the final word on every circumstance. Nothing catches him off guard. Nothing. This morning, if you would, would you stand with me? Priscilla, if you'd come to the piano. Amen. There's victory for those that don't give up this morning. Hey, you don't even know this morning. The answer you're looking for, you could be standing at the door. That thing that you feel like is impossible, you could be standing at the very door. It's getting ready to happen. Your your name's already written. The promise has already been sent. It's on its way. Don't give up this morning. This morning. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so encouraged by your word. And God, we know that things look dark. Things look horrible, Lord, from the naked eye. But God, we know that above everything that we see, you and your Son, Lord Jesus Christ, is above it all. Lord, there's not one thing that's caught you off guard. And Lord, you're working through every circumstance. And God, you're telling your people, will you keep faith with me through the darkness? Will you trust me? Will you call out on me? Will you be persistent in prayer? Until I move. And God, I pray that this morning that You would give such a faith that would rise up, such a determination that says, God, I'll never let go. God, I'm going to press in greater than ever before. God, I'm not going to let go to You come through. Lord, just as Jacob did, I'm not going to let go until You bless me. I'm not going to let go until You touch me. Almighty God, I pray that You would do a work. God, that You would encourage us. God, we wouldn't make excuses to say, Lord, I hope somebody prays. I hope somebody brings down revival. I hope somewhere someone's getting a hold of God. When God, you're saying to us today, it's up to us it's your children we are the light we are the spirit that you want to use to push back darkness you are the one that's the light that you want to use to reach those that we love and care for when they see the light the hope that's within us God it gives them light and hope within their own lives but oh God don't let us be discouraged don't let us be downcast but God let us be stronger than ever before let us be encouraged with your mighty power move God and send your spirit because greater is he that is is in us than he that is in the world God you're above it all and God I pray that Lord we do that Lord you come back and find a church that's militant on their knees God militant on their knees praying and seeking you till your glory comes down and God darkness is pushed back and revival permeates this land again God that's what you want and God you are going to do the miraculous if we don't give hallelujah i thank you for that this morning this morning if you just bow your head for just a minute if everybody just close their eyes for just one second i, I want to make sure I, I don't i don't know everybody's circumstances i don't know where you're at first of all i don't want to miss this opportunity you may be here this morning and you don't know the lord you don't have you don't have him within your heart and we can't see we can't even pray we can't have this victory that i'm talking about if you don't know him so this morning as everyone's eyes are closed if you would if that's you this morning you say brother would you just pray for me i need the lord Lord I want to receive the Lord this morning if that's you this morning just putting your hand up and back down I I will be able to say I'll I'll just pray for you I won't embarrass you this morning anyone that's willing to say pray for me brother pray for me I need to know him I want to be ready because I know time is short this morning anybody here this morning There could be even some this morning that's watching. They need the Lord, and I pray that you receive Him this morning. Anybody else this morning, let me ask you another question. You may be this morning in this place, and you've been going through some struggles. You've been going through things, and it's been hard. And you've been trying to press in there. And you've been finding yourself weak. You've been finding yourself struggling with hanging on. But you keep pressing on, but it's getting hard. And you want to say, pray for me, because I know I need to move forward. I know that I need more strength. And this morning, I want you to pray for me that the Lord keep me strong and that I would just move forward through prayer and I would receive the strength that I need this morning just by raising your hand pray for me pray for me I see that amen anybody else I need more strength I need the Lord's help yes I need the Lord's strength I need the Lord's help Lord see me see these needs God you see these needs you see these needs oh God hallelujah and God I pray that Lord Oh, Lord, that you would move. This morning, I pray that we right where you're at, would you do this uh, because of the space issues? Let's let's make an altar where you are. And if you're one of those ones that said, here I am, Lord, I need strength, would you just put your hands back up again? This time is a, a testimony to God. Here I am, Lord. See my need. God, fill me. Overflow me. If you need Him this morning as Priscilla plays, go ahead and just raise your hands and call out on Him. And ask Him to have His way in this service. And Lord, touch them. Lord, You see every life. God, You see the struggle they're going through. Lord, the enemy is trying to push them back. The enemy is trying to discourage. The enemy is trying to keep them pushed down. Lord, do not Lord, think You're even hearing them Lord, that You're not on the throne, but God, we know that this morning they can receive strength like never before. Lord, You're looking for those that are hungry for You, that are needy for You. Lord, everyone raising their hands. God, I pray that You, Lord, would pour down Your Spirit. God, they would feel that renewed strength. God, they would feel the victory rising up within them. They would know that You would witness to them that, God, You're moving in their life. You're working in their life. The strength that they need, You're the one that's given it to them. And, God, they would see great victory in their life. Oh, God, stir and move, Lord. God, give them, Lord, everything they need. Bring down strongholds. God, give them victory even in their minds. Oh, God, let them see Your victory in their life and in every situation that they face. God, that You would do the miraculous. You would turn around situations. That, God, they would only be able to give You glory because of Your mighty power. You're perfect, God. You're the answer they're looking for, God. I thank You, Lord, for Your mighty power. I thank You, Lord, that You're moving this morning. And You promise us strength. And God, I pray, Lord, if even those that watch online, God, if they don't know You, they'd call out on You this morning. And God, they'd feel Your power, Lord, right where they are. Lord, You'd wash them, Lord, completely white as snow. And God, even those that, Lord, might need strength right where they're at, Lord, they can't be here this morning, give them strength where they're at. Let them feel Your presence, God. Let there be a revival right where they are this morning, God.